All right, so uh, we forgot to do the opening, so I'm going to film this uh, <laughs> and put this at the beginning. Um, welcome, everyone, to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube stuff. If you're watching on Facebook, be sure to follow. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes and you think we deserve a five-star review, that would be awesome. We've been putting out content now uh, for over three and a half years. Our podcast is coming up on our three-year anniversary at the end of April, and we want to thank you for all of your support. Um, throughout the years and we feel like we're just getting started and uh, today we ended up going on we we talked about a million things today we got into some um, light stuff some uh, more not heavy stuff but we got a little serious today on some things that uh, we just wanted to like just open our minds and have conversations about and um, so so enjoy today's episode and um, before we um, queue up our episode from today a word from our sponsor through me. I still haven't had a good thing there. Um, our sponsor today is Lennox. Um, Lennox has been America's leading tableware, giftware, and home entertaining brand for over 130 years. Inspired by heritage and designed for now, Lennox is happy to be part of your home and the moments that you create in it. They have the best flatware, glassware, dinnerware, and if you're looking for a registry, if you want a gift for a, um, a newlywed uh, couple, um, check out Lennox engaged and it's awesome because and it's really quality stuff, which I think is important because I know a lot of the times as we were growing up, we bought a bunch of cheap stuff and then it gets all weird. Lennox has high quality flatware, gla you know, glassware, dinnerware, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's so beautiful too. You guys will love the designs. So chic, so cute. You're, you're big on the brand, so they do it They do it well. Um, uh, crafted of, of durable, high-quality crystal. You can choose from rosé glasses, highball glasses, and more. And you can visit Lennox, L-E-N-O-X.com. Again, that is Lennox.com, L-E-N-O-X.com. And if you use code Freddie Alyssa, one word, Freddie Alyssa, at checkout, you will save 20% on your order. So if you're looking for a gift or you're looking for some flatware, glassware for yourself, be sure to check out Lennox. Dot com and use code Freddie Alyssa for 20% off. Thank you, Lennox, for the support. Uh, we love uh, partnering with amazing companies, and you are just incredible. So thank you very much. Um, but now, everyone, we're going to go ahead and queue up today's episode of The Freddie and Alyssa Show. Why are you looking so cute today? Um, I think it's the green shirt. <laughs> I always like really solid, bright colors on you. Blue is another really good color I like on you. I do well with greens, blues, blacks, and grays. <laughs> there you go. Purple is okay. Um, reds, yellows, and oranges, and like pastel pinks, like things like that I don't, don't go with my skin tone. Yeah. Like salmon color or anything like that. It just it, uh, blows me out. <laughs> blows you out. So you're walking down the street, you got a salmon shirt on, and everyone goes, ah! It's, yeah, it's just like Float a floating out. head. <laughs> Where is his body? <laughs> That's why I found, well, I found this because we were, what, what were we looking for in the trunk of the car? Well, the other day we were shooting that commercial audition together and I was asking you, I was like, you have to have some solid colored t-shirts, like green or blue, like those great booking colors. It wasn't that though. It was the, it was the, um, the printer ink. You had oh, to print out that social yes. security number form that's right and we had the printer in the garage but it was out of black ink and i go oh there's black ink in a shoebox in our trunk i remember having two cartridges and when i went into the trunk of the car and started moving things around i found my green shirt which was one of my favorite shirts that i ordered specifically for the road trip really yep because i i wore 
Because remember, I only wanted to pack a backpack. Since you <laughs> filled up the entire car and trunk, I had a right. backpack and then my video equipment. Yeah. And I said, I need a, I need three black shirts and a green shirt. And I just ordered them because I needed a new shirt for every location we went to because I wasn't going to do laundry. Right. And I love this shirt. It's a great shirt. And I, I found it in the trunk. So this top you got just offline? Yeah. Off, off of... Where'd you get that from? Amazon? I think Amazon, maybe, even though it's Nike. It's Nike. I think no, it was I Amazon. I love it. We got to get you some more of those. Yeah. I, I'm slowly get. I, I have uh, an entire wardrobe of washed larges <laughs> that I need to get into. So about if I lose about 10 more pounds, a washed large will fit me again. Um, so I'll, I'll be in a... You know, an unwashed, an unwashed medium and a washed large is a good size for me. Perfect right now, spot. I'm a unwashed large or a washed extra large. Got it. <laughs> so, you know, we should start a clothing brand and do our sizes that way. Washed large. Well, you think about it. Like, why aren't clothes pre-shrunk? Well, it's funny for me because when I wear my clothes, like if, if this were to get washed, I would need to hang it to dry. I'm not going to throw this in the dryer. So it would just dry. I would assume this is probably a medium and it's always going to probably stay a medium. <laughs> yeah, but I have just t-shirts and shorts that I just dry. Yeah, I know you I'm not do. I'm going to have them hang out. <laughs> they, but if we do that, then maybe it's not a wash large. Maybe it will just be a large. <laughs> That is a luxury of time that I someone know. can wash laundry for a little bit and then go hang everything hey. and then go get it all, then fold it all for just four days later to have it all need to be done again. You know, for me, if it's over a certain dollar amount, like say it's, let's say if, if the shirt is over 30 bucks, I'm like, I should probably hang this up because, you know, you don't want it to shrink and then you can't wear it again. You want to take a little bit extra care of your nicer things. Do you feel that way? I just don't have nice clothes anymore. Those <laughs> are... Nike's a nice Well, this shirt. is nice. Yeah, I ordered it. But the TJ Maxx, for me, I've realized if I go spend $200, I can get an entire wardrobe that can be washed and recycled for about four to six months. And then it's just old news. And then I go again. So I can pretty much spend less than $1,000 a year on all new wardrobe if you go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Right. And I just look for the, d the deals. You can get name brand, know. you know, like what was, what were some of the, um, like that's not even coming to me right now, but like real name brands, like an $88 t-shirt that's for 12 bucks. Of course. I remember, I loved TJ Maxx. And when we lived in Studio City, um, the first go around, there was that big TJ Maxx right off of Ventura, or maybe it was, it was a Marshall, same thing, same yeah. idea. And we would always go there and you get huge deals. And there was even this one pair of Steve Madden sandals. I think I had them for four years that I got from there. And eventually they broke recently right when we came here. But I wore them. And normally those are like 100 bucks. I've probably gone for 20 Yeah, they have a lot of deals there. There's actually people I've seen on, uh, I think Gary Vee has talked about it. And then it's a lot of people on TikTok are talking about it too. But there's obviously, there's a catch and there's difficult work to it because then everyone would do it. Right. But there's apps, there's an app on Amazon and on eBay that you can scan the QR code of any uh, shirt mm -hmm. and it'll show you what you need to price it for on those websites. And people have a side hustle where they will go to every Marshalls like every day and they look at the new stuff and they scan the original tag. Because you know how they put their deducted yeah. price on it? So if you scan and it says on eBay, this shirt's going for $21 and you can buy it at Marshall's for eight, people mm -hmm. 
people are buying those shirts, selling them on eBay, then you pay your commission, you probably pay shipping, and then maybe you're left with like $5. So you would have to sell, you know, 20 items a day to make $100 a day. But I wonder if that'd be very difficult, but I'm sure Sounds like a headache, but if you really commit to it, like if you commit to anything, I'm sure you can If it's what you do. If you're like, you know what, I would rather... Because I always think back to when I was serving and it was the best thing you could do because of the flexibility. But nowadays, there's a million jobs you could do. Like if there was Uber or Lyft or Postmates, or you could go and and have these websites to flip stuff. Because I would go to work for four days a week at Outback as a host, and I make $14 an hour. Yeah. So it, it, it was crazy. Like nowadays, you can actually, like I would have much rather have spent my time on my own terms going and flipping clothes for 3,000 a month rather than the 1,700 I made at Outback. And then once I became a server, then I actually was making some pretty good money. I was pulling in like 2,200, 2,300 a month. And as a single guy with a roommate with no debt or anything was like fine, I had money to live. Um, But yeah, there's so many more options now where you weren't locked into that schedule. It's just so wild when you look back because that's why I even stayed at that um, executive assistant position for so long. I did not like that job at all. It just wasn't... It was just a, just not the best environment, but I stayed there because I had flexibility. It was good pay for, you know, that time. And I just, I, that's, you get comfortable. Yeah. I was like, well, where else am I going to go that I'm going to make this? And that like, for me, I didn't really want to go into, um, the restaurant world because I had no experience. I remember there was one time I tried to get, um, like a serving job. It was right in Toluca Lake. I think it was around, I was trying to leave this job. I was like, let me just do this. So I have flexibility and I went in and the guy was asking me all about like different liquors and what goes together. And I was like, oh no, I don't know any of this because I had no experience in it. And so I just like froze like a deer in headlights. Needless to say, I did not get the job and I stuck with that other job until... You know, I came up with another option. It's it's easy to stick with a job though because it's comfortable. Of course. You know, it's it's like oh, like you're because I I remember too that the flexibility of being a server is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's even times when you would be in a group text with 18 people, and you're like, I don't want to work on Saturday afternoon. I have something to do, and you would text everyone say, Does anyone want to pick up a shift on Saturday? Crickets. An hour later. Does anyone want to pick up my shift if I pay you 20 bucks to take it? Crickets. <laughs> hmm. Does anyone want to pick up my shift? Pick up my shift. I'll give you 40 bucks. I go, great. Here you go, Brandon. You're the first person. You pay them 40 bucks? You can pay people to take your shift because they're they, like... No one would do it for 20? Some would. It depends on the day. Interesting. And, and then there was times too that I would pick up someone's shift, but I wouldn't take the money because I'm hoping I could get a favor in return. <laughs> but, Next um, time. But if you're bribed and you're like... You know, I was like, well, think about this. Like, I pick up a patio shift on Saturday. It's from noon to four. Yeah, it's going to be an interrupt my day. But I'll make $60 cash on the patio. It'll be easy. It's outside. It's beautiful. Kind of shoot the S with people. But I'm getting $40 to take the shift. So for $100 cash, I would go and do a a patio shift. And then there was this office in the back. Because for me, the only reason I even left serving Outback when I did was because of the big boss. And if, if there was a way that he wasn't there, it was the best job. It was so easy. And you made cash. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome. So I would go in the back when other managers were working. And if I could ever look at when he was scheduled, I would try to give those shifts away and pick up every day that he wasn't working. 
because it was awesome. Oh my god! And you would work for eight hours straight. So you would have like even when we were serving too, we would have uh, something called a breaker, mm-hmm. which is terrible to be scheduled a breaker because you make hourly and you just basically because um, by law you can't work eight hours straight without a lunch break. So technically, how it would work is if I had to go on a break, the breaker would go, "Hey Freddie, you're going to take your lunch." The breaker would go and and take over my tables for thirty minutes while I sat in the back and ate. And then the breaker would move to the next person, next person. And the breaker had their own code that worked on all tables. Because usually a server has their own code, but a breaker has like a universal code. I think that's how that worked. But we always figured out that you lose money if you break the relationship with your table. Hmm. So what we would do is we would say, hey, I'm going to go on break. So Freddie would clock out, but I would use the breaker's code and never actually stop working. So I would just work eight hours straight. You would make so much money and then you just eat in the back. Like you just grab like one of those uh, outback loaf of bread or if there's like a dead plate of something, you'd like like scarf it down real quick. But you'd work for eight hours and I'd bring home like $150, $160 cash. And at the end of the day, they're like, how much money did you make? Because they have to put it for taxes. And I think every server does this. You just type in $1 and then the machine goes, um, that that is inaccurate. You have to at least claim $29 because it knows the credit card transactions. Okay. So if you swipe a credit card and people pay and they tip on a credit card, the machine knows what you made in tips, but the mm. machine doesn't know what you make in cash. So you can... So if you make $150, but 87 of it was in credit card tips and the rest was in cash, you claim $87. Oh, so you if you can tip in cash, If you, you can should. tip in cash... Um, so they don't have to claim it? Yeah. Essentially? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> such bad advice you didn't hear it here <laughs> yeah i i heard people did that i don't think i ever did that right 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 you know but if you think about it when i am sitting and i have a server and then they leave or whatever and someone else comes in you're like oh like you like you said you kind of like lose the trust and you're like well who am i tipping i really like my server but he left yeah, you know, you get I a mean, mo- most people are still going to leave 20% if you're a, a, a decent tipper. Like you leave 20% no matter what, sure. unless the person's like rude to you, like deliberately rude or deliberately terrible. But um, but some people you have to win over. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh my God, you were the best server ever. Like you left 10%. Oh, that hurts. 20% people. On a sit-down restaurant, 20%. I never 20%. worked in a restaurant and I've always tipped 20%. Because I just feel like if you are taking the luxury of going out, you know, these people who are working there, that's, they live off of the tips too. It's a big part of it. I wonder how tips got started. It's pretty bizarre, actually. That the, like, why doesn't the restaurant just pay higher wages? I mean, obviously, I know why. But why are you, why, I wonder why you're taking it out of the customer's pocket. Maybe it gives just more incentive to servers to win over and go above and beyond for each and every customer because the customer, if they feel like they're not getting the best service, they're going to go, I'm not going to tip as much. It's a by basis thing. You know, not every server is going to be amazing. Not every server is going to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they did like a universal 15% um, added in, I think servers would be happy because at the end of the day, I think I always ended up with about, 12 to 15% on average compared to your sales because so mm-hmm. many people would stiff you so many, not stiff you, but like $5 on 200. 
$5 on 200 Well, also, too, if you go to bougier restaurants, tip is already included. Like, gratuity, like a 20 25%. And well, then some people tip on top of that because they don't realize. Well, did, but, but did you also realize, though, that it's because those high-end places have the money and they train people and people going there aren't just going there. If you're going to be a server at a high-end restaurant where the average plate is $40, $50, they're making a killing, like 80000 a year type job. Yeah. So you can tell the difference of the servers who are extremely knowledgeable. They're not just there where they're running in, getting dressed in the back, going, hi, what can I get you? Like at a Hooters or Outback or Olive Garden or Buffalo Wild Wings, like people are just like grabbing quick jobs for extra cash. But if you go to a restaurant where you're getting served a $55 steak, the training, I think, and like to get in is difficult. Oh my gosh, so difficult. And what's funny in LA is the higher end of the restaurant you go to, you probably see a lot more aspiring models, actresses, because a lot of the serving staff is like drop dead gorgeous. But this is what they do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they take it very seriously. They've worked for years at these high end restaurants because it's a little bit different, but it's so funny. You always go and you're like, Oh, what do you do? Because like, you know that this isn't their end all be all. They're there to pursue something else. So it's, it's just interesting. But you get paid a lot if you do get you a really, high end gig. You like really that. do. And it's just interesting how, um, no matter what job you have, though, in LA, like even if you're making $80,000 as, as a high end bottle service girl or, um, or a bartender or a server, you you still after taxes and after the cost of living even splitting a two-bedroom apartment on the third floor with neighbors everywhere in a small little place you're paying 1600 plus your insurance plus Ugh. everything you have to be so financially frugal and smart mm -hmm. that even after 10 years of doing that and being so smart you'll have enough to put a down payment or to make some investments. But a lot of people don't do that because you're just like, look, I've worked 45 hours. Yeah. I'm so busy. I'm working on my side hustles. Like I want to go out and spend some money and have some fun. It's just such an interesting place that it breeds. Like if you want to, if you want anything extra, yeah. you have to make a ton of money. Oh and, and that's what's super interesting about even the whole minimum wage debate uh, that they're talking about federally is – depending on where you live, like $15 an hour, even in California, you, you can't live on that. Mm -mm. It just depends on where you live. Like in, in California, if you were lucky enough to have no college debt, no debt whatsoever, and you had to go to California, find a job, get an apartment, lease a car, or if you're like, oh, you know what? It's smarter financially to buy a used car. Mm -hmm. Great. You still, where are you going to come up with $6,000 to buy a used car? And then with rent, how many places do you need two and a half times the rent and income? And you need a 700 credit in some places. Oh my gosh. Like it's not really set up for, like you need groups yeah. to live in California. Yeah. You, if you have four roommates who are all serving, now you can go and get a two, a, a two bedroom. You all split it. And that's how you live, but you're, it, it's just, you, you have to become financially successful in a place like Hollywood. Oh my gosh. To ever. But that's why so many people stay behind and are behind 
and it's just high overhead there. It's so hard to get ahead while you're hustling, trying to make it work. And then this is a completely different conversation, but I've seen this a lot as the years have progressed. Back when we lived in LA, a lot of these, you know, really beautiful individuals were working as servers, high-end restaurants, bottle service, all of that. But as the times have changed and social media has become big, they have these apps for what they call sugar babies. And it's not, sometimes it's just like their uh, company that they're hanging out with people, but sometimes these people will pay money to hang with younger, beautiful women. And then it's a whole nother topic really, but I see it a lot on TikTok. And a lot of people are like, this is the new way that we do things. And so they're getting a lot of money when they're young. And, you know, not to say like this or that, but it's really popular. Yeah. Really popular in L.A. I mean, I've read some crazy stories, too. Um, Just like it's just part of the culture out there now. It's Los Angeles. It's a big city. A lot of high powered people who just want things quick right then and there. And there are apps for it. It's crazy. There's apps for everything. I know. Yeah, the whole that well, and then, but that's the whole thing. Is like you can be a, a sugar baby. You can start an OnlyFans. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar, OnlyFans is really, really picking up, and um, it's it's marketed as anyone can kind of be on it. But the general idea of OnlyFans is that it's Instagram, mm-hmm. exactly Instagram, but X-rated. Yes. So people are doing videos, they're doing pictures where it's more than risque. Like it would it'd be right. banned on Instagram, but people are paying a monthly subscription anywhere from 10, 20, 30 dollars a month to follow and pay, but it's all, you know, basically selling sex, I would say probably 80%. Because I will tell you too, there are some celebs who are on there like um Holly Madison who she was famous for being one of the girls next door Hugh Hef's girlfriends in the reality show, but she also did Playboy. However, her stuff on the OnlyFans account is not like X-rated. It's just like bikini or lingerie. Yeah. So some people, sh- I mean, it's still risque, but like not really. Yeah. If it's all off, then, which is a lot of it is, you know, if you're looking around. But there are some, I feel, famous people, like even Bella Thorne, I don't think she does nude nude no, but no. i mean we, you don't know because you have to pay for that but but they're but it's it's insane the amount of um of money that people are making yeah but yeah it's it's like selling selling sex i think has always been um in oh, demand and popular but now obviously with technology it's going to open up for that as well but on the flip side too this is why the 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 behavior of people because of social media is also changing and people no longer are just getting their 15 minutes of fame. Because mm-hmm. anybody who had 15 minutes of fame in 2007, you had all the attention in the world, and then you were you were 15 minutes of fame, and that's it. Yep. Now if you can get 15 minutes of fame, you can amass a following yep. that's not a sugar baby, that's not <laughs> on OnlyFans, but on traditional me- yeah. social media, and you can make a living. Because even if you half-ass the business, and you have 15 minutes of fame, you date a famous actor, you date a famous rapper, you get on Dr. Phil, Mm -hmm. you're on a reality show, no matter what it is, and you amass a million followers, even if you are the worst social media influencer known to man, with a million followers, you can accidentally make 5,000 a month. Yeah. 
So you're going to sit home, take a few pictures, live your life, and not have to go do bottle service, not have to go serve tables, not have to do all the, the go drive Uber and all this stuff. Yeah. So we have to take into consideration the way people are, are acting these days is some people don't care. Some people just want love on Instagram and, and all that. They're like, you know, I want the likes for self-validation. Right. A lot of people are also doing it because they are, are aware that likes means followers, means money, means quit my job, means work from home, means be famous, means more access, more free things, money, likes, validation, mm -hmm. depending on which route you go. Yep. But I think that's why there's also so much noise on social media now, even politically, because I think a lot of people are hiding behind the fact that they care, mm -hmm. and they do. Mm -hmm. But if they couldn't be on social or get followers with it, there'd be a lot less noise. Yes. People have found that if you say, so-and-so sucks, they're evil, so many people are going to go click on that. Mm -hmm. And they go, ooh, likes, follows, this is my thing now. I'm going to learn and care about this more. There were people before social media that were activists, that right. protest, that got people together, that really wanted to make change. I would argue there's 50% of people online, if not more, that they're, they like the smoke they like the attention yes. on them. If that all went away, they would not go march. They would not get groups together. They would not care. It well, is self-fulfilling. attention. Yep. I mean, and this is really, really drastic and horrible, but you even see, you know, a lot of these school shooters or anything like that, they want the celebrity. Like, they literally say it because people, when these big, horrible things happen, you talk about it. You're like, who did it? And then you're talking the name of this horrible human being. Yep. And I feel like as social media and the internet has gotten bigger, 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 we've seen more of it. Now, granted, you know, it might be that we're able to connect and talk quicker so you hear more about the horrible things happening in life, but they all want, even if it's the bad villain, everyone wants the attention. It's just what I feel like humans want in general, good or bad. Because when you get it, you're kind of like, Oh, well, they like when I do this. Maybe I should do this a little bit more. You see it on TikTok all the time. The second someone has a viral video, they'll keep making content like that because they're like, people like this. Mm -hmm. You see it all the time. They're like, ooh, this is my niche. Let me kind of get in there and do it. It's and that's it's a good thing, but it just depends what you know it is that people are pivoting to to be like, ooh, people like this. I gotta keep doing this, gotta keep doing this. And I think people have obviously the right to do whatever they want to do, but I think it's it's interesting to share that this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. So like even with the news, I remember Andrew Schultz had the best analogy with this, or not the analogy, but in, in for instance, the 80s and 90s, it was financially beneficial for news stations to play to the middle because they have, they found through advertising that if they played to the middle, they would get conservatives and progressives or like everybody. Mm -hmm. If you play to the middle, everyone, the left and the right would come together and they would get the most views because there was no other distractions. So if they came out radical left or radical right, you would lose half your audience and advertising would go down. So in the 80s and 90s, it was financially beneficial to the advertisers and to all the news networks to play it as middle as possible to get the biggest audience because bigger numbers, mm -hmm. bigger followers, same thing, more advertising money. Mm -hmm. Now that things shifted to social media, there is outlets everywhere and people need to compete. So they have found 
when they when CNN talks negatively about Donald Trump, their viewers go up. They want to actually pick a side and then because there is more money in picking a side mm -hmm. and gaining all of the people that are like, yeah, 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 or having people go there to get angry about it, there's more money. Yep. If they found out that being in the middle again would create more money, they would switch it in a day. Yep. It's it's all boils down to the attention. With our podcast, we're not controversial. If we became controversial, we would lose a lot of people, but we would gain a lot of people mm -hmm. because there'd be so much noise around. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear? And everyone would share, share, share. Yeah. You're crazy. You're stupid. You're like, 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 like the algorithm goes <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Push them, push them, push them all the way to the top. Money, 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 money. Controversy, hot button topics. That's why if you flip through Instagram, flip through the news, flip through TikTok, everything is this kind of attitude. It is this attitude. It is telling people what to do. It is getting people emotional. What do emotional people do? They comment. They like. Do, 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 do. Ding, 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 ding. Money, 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 money. Well, yeah, but it's always been like that. Even think about um, paparazzi. All the stories that they would sell that were controversial would pay more. Yep. People want to talk. People, it's, I don't yep. know. It's in our nature. It's in our nature, but it's a shortcut and it's not it's not a, a, that's why you and I don't do it. Mm -hmm. We know that we could share our beliefs on certain topics that would get more attention and we'd make more money, but it's short term mm -hmm. because then we will be the people that now we would just keep right. making content. Right. We say we don't like X and we get a lot of attention and money. Then our entire brand goes towards that because all the people who are now watching and getting us paid yeah. want to hear about X. If you say something else, now you've lost everyone. So we're looking long term. We're like, how do we be us? Talk about important subjects, but not do it in a way where you're you're creating controversy on purpose for money. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to lose long term, and I just don't believe it's good. What I would like to see people do, and I'm just one person. But I would love for people it to, to, instead of demonizing the other side, create why your side is so awesome and be inspirational of when I watch you, I go, hmm, actually, what a nice group of people. Mm -hmm. They don't hate. They don't bully. They make good points. I don't agree with everything, but they're living a really inspirational life. I think I'm going to go check that out. Yep. People aren't, aren't doing that. They want to be like, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. But us, we're the best. You're the worst. We're the best. You're the worst. And everything about you is terrible. Come join us or you're the worst. Why not just say, hey, look how much we are here. We care about this, this, and this. You guys can do whatever you want. You guys and girls can do whatever you want. But for us, this is how we do it. But they don't. It's, it's the same thing with the film. Like I would love for a film to come out. And someone just say, we have the most diverse group of cast and crew that came together to tell a story that was never told before. There are so many people in this country that have never seen themselves as a superhero. And we came together. And at this production company, we created the most diverse, most truthful, most honest story because we want equal representation across the board. And if you're available this weekend when it comes uh, and it opens up, go to the theaters. Be safe. You're going to love this story. It's for everyone. It shows that love is love. And it's just amazing. You're going to fall in love with the lead character. And we're just proud. We have a woman director. We have a diverse uh, cast and crew and it is amazing you have to come check it out we're so proud of it i'm in but wh what is it today 
It is, we have the most diverse casting crew ever. This story is amazing. It's so incredible. And we're the only ones doing it. You don't do it. If you're not having this, then you're evil. You're racist. So why do you feel that is? That they do it that way and not the first way you mentioned? I I don't know. Like, when you were telling me the story, it made me think back to... When we first had left L.A., when we were starting our, on our road trip, and we stopped in, I think it was Scottsdale, and we were at the Phoenician, and it was the debate with Trump and Biden, and it was just such a mess because they were just attacking you. Like, it, it was just, like, really messy. The and, first one was the yes, worst. And we, I was just like, these are the people that are going to be our leaders, and they're attacking each other like we're in sixth grade? It wasn't even attacking. It was just there was no... Um... There was nothing being, there was no problem solving. Uh There was no, like, okay, like, I don't know. It was messy. Yeah, I don't know. And I think it's because the psychology is the same way. If Biden or Trump or anyone, not to make it about the two most, you know, people that you're, that people pick sides on, but no matter who it is, I just don't think there's any, hey guys, I'm not going to say anything bad. Like, Joe's a great guy. Trump's a great guy. You know, and I, and I love him, but here's why I think you should pick me, because I'm going to do this, and here's how you explain it, and if we break this down, let's pull up this thing. I know we only have a minute here, but I really want to show you in the simplest form, this is how the healthcare system's going to work, and this is what it would pay, and this is what it would be. Well, people but, wouldn't want to listen, and was, even now, people are like, wait, did you just say Joe Biden is a nice, did you just say Trump is a nice, that is, he, they are the most evil, like no matter which side you're on. There, there is no just conversation. And that's why I was such a fan of Andrew Yang. I was just going to say that. Regardless if you agreed with his policies, he never talked down to anybody. He never, he just disagreed, but came with numbers and he talked. And you know what people did in the mainstream? They shunned him. I no one even knows Andrew that. Yang. Granted, he's doing pretty good for running for mayor in yeah. New York right now. The thing with Yang that was just so crazy to me is every single debate in the very beginning, like we were so excited, we were watching, and they would just give him zero time, zero airtime. They wouldn't even ask him questions. They wouldn't let him speak. And so many people just didn't, they're like, who's this guy? You know, from the very beginning. And then slowly they started to learn, but, you know. It's, I mean, this this would get into a a more... um deep kind of thing but it's there's there's reasons why he wasn't getting the attention of course um but but i don't know it, it's just like it, it's just the the world is changing we're trying to navigate and it's it's hard to um to not say anything when we know like what's going on but at the same time there's just a bunch of people like yelling at each other and you, you almost feel like we have more of a voice than we've ever had, mm-hmm. but at the same time, no, because there is the handful of big corporations and governments that are making the decisions, and we're just all kind of fighting, and they, at the end of the day, I think the best thing, and, and I really mean it, not how like politicians say it, but we need to come together as a people, and we need to do what's best for our families and our friends and our communities, yeah, and we need to be thing. nice to each other. But I just don't even see a way back at this point because everyone assumes as soon as you say that you like Biden or you like Trump, you have already have a, a profile made about you. Hmm. You know, like it's different. Like back in the day, I feel like you could say, oh, yeah, I was a, I was a supporter of, uh, of, of Bush or I was a supporter of Clinton. And I feel like people would go, oh, okay. 
but but like so oh but you like oh okay so you support Clinton but you also like this or you like Bush but you like now it is oh if you voted that way we have a profile on you and we know it's very extreme now. it's very very extreme and it's like where's the individuality like where's the people that don't fit every box like that's how we are we don't fit a we if, if you put a profile together of Trump and Biden a lot of people check every box which sure. is fine but there's a lot of us well, there's probably a lot that have 80 makes, percent yeah, of us right that check boxes on both sides and then we leave some blank mm -hmm. but there is no room for that it is you are buying into these check boxes or these and if you leave any blank or you have any box checked even one trump box checked or one biden bo box checked it, it's but not that's mainstream why people who run for independent or independent they don't really get that far because people are like no we got to be on one side or the other the media's made it into that why do we have to be all in one box on one side? Why? Well, do you realize, though, when you vote that they even have um, the, the D or the R next to who it is? Hmm. Someone was saying, they're like, why, why don't yes. you just have the policies and, and the people? Because like, some people, people will just go, like who are diehard Ds or diehard Rs. I don't know who that is, but R... I mean, I'm even guilty of that. I remember when I first started voting in Cali, I would look at that because I'm like, oh, okay. Because I, I had no clue. I mean, even when you still vote, I don't know everything. In the, It's a lot of stuff. You're like, wait, what's this one again? And that's why they also make like voting cheat sheets for each party in your community so you know, oh, yeah, make sure yes on this, no on that. This is the right... Depending it's, on your party, of course. It's just very clear that having an educated voter base is not the intention. Of 100%. The simplicity of it is not the intention. 100%. Because you look around and go, well, I mean, this could be better. This they could be easier. They want you to be confused. They just passed a $1.9 trillion stimulus bill that had like 680 pages in it. How could anyone, if those are the things that they want passed, and by the way, I think 10% of it went to the people. 90% mm -hmm. went to things that had nothing to do with the stimulus package, yeah. even though it's called the stimulus bill. 600 pages. How, how can on a debate stage, if, if you, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you break down health care in one minute with a 30-second rebuttal? It's not set up for there to be, like, I would much rather have, like, it was Biden's night, and for two hours, he's with the dry erase board, and he goes, here's all my policies, here's what I want to do, here's how it's implemented, and let me answer all the questions, not the dodging ones. Like, you get up there and say, here's my health plan. So for two hours, you watch Biden and talk about his health plan. What's it going to cost? And then you have people from both sides that answer questions, but then you watch this, the press uh, secretary. They ask questions, and then you're like, that wasn't the answer. Mm -hmm. Is the sky blue? Well, um, here's the thing about the sky. Yeah. See, the, the whole thing is the way you're asking about the sky. I'm going to have to circle back on whether the sky is blue because technically you're, you're thinking about how we visually see it. But when, if you're asking me the correct, it's like, yeah. I just want to, is yeah. the sky blue? Yes or no. So yeah. we know, but it's all dodging. It's all, and that is how you, you pivot. pivot. You know, it's like, <laughs> are you going to raise taxes? 
That was a really good question, Nancy. And you're a school teacher. See, my, my mom taught me in school about being nice to people. And when it comes to making money and paying your fair share of taxes, that is what we're going to do. Because I know what it's like having a mother who's a teacher, and I appreciate you, Nancy. Can we give Nancy a round of applause? I don't want a round of applause. I just wanted to know if you're going to raise taxes. And she's a strong woman. Can we give Nancy a round of No, no, uh, the taxes, please. Uh, we have to move on. I'm sorry. We have to move but on. This is what we're going to see change, which we've already seen a bit of it, is that old traditional politic life of how they were bred to what what was right, how they should act, what they should say. Like even Biden, when he's talking, you can tell he was coached by you know, just the old school mentality of this is how you talk to people. If you do this, if I tell you right here, like they're, they're taught a different way to connect when we're newer in this connecting world through social media that we would just speak differently and be from our heart because that's going to connect with people. So even with Trump, hate him or love him. He connected. He, he connected and he was just himself. And that's why people... Well, you watched. when you watched him, you're just like you're like, you're oh. like what is he gonna? <laughs> you you just never me. knew what he was gonna do. Yeah. But yeah, with Biden, there's a lot of just like you know reading. It almost seems like you you do have you're you're not connecting. Like mm -hmm. I want someone who's gonna be like if you're gonna mess up what you're saying, but you're not on a teleprompter, people are gonna give you like if I'm here and I'm talking about something, I go I I just don't. I don't know. I truly don't know how to answer that right now. And I don't want to give the wrong information. Mm -hmm. I will get back to all of you on Instagram. I'll go live. I'll tell everybody later. But here's what we're going to do about the people. But it's like, it's a lot of like, and here's what we're going to do. Because <laughs> this is what it oh is. And it's, it's like, no one talks like that. And that's but why that's all what these... they're taught because it worked for years, but it doesn't work anymore because now we're seeing on social media that you just want to connect and you want to talk to people and you want to hear from them like they're right here. But that's how people are going into business. And that is what uh, that is what I'm so passionate about because I'm literally noticing the two worlds that there are people who live in social media and there are people who live in the real world. The real world is slowly going away whether you like it or not mm -hmm. and social media is taking over. So with even Alyssa and myself, if we're going to – well, we actually went to Google and found a dentist here. So I, I that actually doesn't – well, but what, what, I'm what, saying – What are you going to say? I'm confused. What's well, I was going to say that like – all these like videos of, of there's like dentists who are 28 years old who have a cool hip office oh, yeah. who are like, hey, and they're putting out videos and they're fun and you're going to the dentist and you're like, hey, I know this guy. He's so awesome. But what you think of a dentist is those old flowered chairs. Uh -huh. It's just like a 57-year-old guy who's just super boring, who doesn't care. But there's like 29-year-old dentists who are – they know their stuff. They have new education. They're like – they're trying to, you know, use this new world. Just a new world, And chiropractors new and all this stuff. And it's obviously – I'm not taking away – obviously, there's amazing 57-year-old dentists that are of awesome course. and the best in the world. But I'm saying there's this new generation of how we want to be communicated to. And it is not the old school. I do not want somebody to come up there and – and that's why Trump captured everyone's attention. Yeah. He went up there and you're just like, what is this guy going to say? He's going to say what's on his mind. Even Obama spoke well. He connected very yeah, well. I loved speaker. how Andrew Yang connected. Yep. There there was authenticity in yep. the way it was said. Kamala has doesn't have an ounce of authenticity in her body. There's a lot of people too that that were running in the even with Bernie people don't like like him, but he is passionate about what he's saying. Yeah. I believe him. Whether you agree with him or not, 
he is is connecting in a real way. Yeah. Kamala, Joe, a lot of other people are not. You're you're. This is not you saying it. It's tra- the traditional politician way, like being politically correct, taught to speak a certain way and have posture in a certain way, which is all good and fine. You need that. You need yeah. to be respected. You need to have that. But yeah, it's like you. Like I just want to hear you. I, 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 the idea of you pretending to connect with the teacher is not really connecting with the teacher. But here's the thing too, though, with politicians, 99.9% of them are not entertainers. Trump was an entertainer before, and that is why he was entertaining to watch. Kamala, Joe, they're not actors. They've never been on a set, even reality, and had to you know what I'm saying? Like there's a that's different true. delivery too. So maybe that's why it was that way and why they're trained with different coaches. They don't know. And also too, to sit there and be 100% yourself and be vulnerable when you've never been taught to do that as actors are, they don't know how to do that. Or they're scared to death uh-huh. because there are people who lobbied for things to be done and you can't say things. Exactly. That's like us with our sponsor to be like, yeah, we don't even use silverware. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Lennox goes, you don't use silverware? Well, then why are you promoting this? I'm paying you money. Yep. Pull it. Yep. That's very true. So there's, there's people probably a who, lot more pressure than we could so ever There's so much imagine. that we don't know. There's so <laughs> yeah. much that we don't know. Look but, at us here but putting the, our two cents in. <laughs> well, I just, because it's, because I still feel like there's ways to be able to talk about things that are going on without, um, like to, like, I want to be able to objectively when i watch joe our president talk about something and and kamala talk about something i want to be able to be like that's really good yeah and not be like oh he hates trump you're a socialist loser and i also don't want to have to say yeah joe and kamala i don't like what they just did and they go he's a trumper it's like no i just am listening to the facts. And commentating on what I'm seeing. And how I have personal experience. The thing you're going to get with me is I'm not an echo chamber where I just spout out. You're going to get an individual, well-thought-out, well-researched personal experience yeah. about a certain policy. Yeah. And there's always going to be people that can say, well, you know what? You might be educated in it. You might know. But guess what? You don't know what it's like to grow up in Alabama. You don't know what it's like to grow up in Maine. You don't know what it's like. And I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to grow up in Ohio. I know what it's like to grow up as me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share that because I'm an individual. And then if you have an opposing idea, then you can educate me, like I was saying earlier, about being inspirational and talking to me about, listen, when I grew up in Alabama, this is the problem with minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you grew up in Ohio. You didn't grow up in Alabama. You don't know what it's like for 725. You know nothing about this. You're an idiot. So keep your mouth shut. This isn't your discussion. Or you could just kind of show me why and let me into your world. Mm -hmm. Everything is storytelling. We watch Mm -hmm. movies to learn, to be let into a world because I can't live vicariously through 20,000 people, Mm -mm. even as an actor. How many roles as an A-list movie star can you really play and get to know? A hundred in your career if you're lucky? There's millions of different avenues in life and experiences that every individual will never know. Yep. We don't know what it's like to have to come out to our parents. I played a role where I got to be a little more in it sure. to, to to maybe have an understanding a little bit, yeah, but not fully. Of course. But why why am I going to be attacked for not knowing? Like that's not my journey. 
I don't know, but I want to listen and I want to hear and I want to know and I want to, I want to learn. Like, tell me. Like, that's what makes you an individual and makes you unique. Mm -hmm. My story makes me unique. Don't you want to know what it's like to grow up in Ohio? Or, or being someone who did go to college or didn't go to college or had their parents together or didn't have their parents together or who, who, who is transgender, who's straight. And everyone's Don't story you is know what their makes story? the world go round so you can learn and, and continue to absorb and grow your mind. Yeah, help me understand. Even earlier when you were talking about the dentist situation of you know older traditional dentist offices compared to what, say, millennials are doing, imagine in 20 years or even in 10 years when um, Gen Z is really in the workforce and they're, you know, therapists or doctors or dentists or they have their own practice, what's that going to look like? And you see funny TikToks of younger Gen Zers now pretending to be therapists. And they're like, what's your sign? Oh, you're Virgo? Okay. You know, like they just- They're making fun of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is fun, but it just, it's a different generation. So I'm sure they're going to bring their culture and their ideas and their taste to what they're going to do in the future. They're just still young. And for the first time, millennials are actually in the workforce, like where you res- can respect them. Once you hit your 30s, it's a little different than 20s. Still young. Yeah. I feel like but people still looked at us in business at 25 and they're like, you're okay. good. You're good. But like, like I remember someone was like, I'm not taking advice from a 26-year-old. Yeah. Someone told oh, me that. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, okay, okay fair. I understand. I'm going to become very successful and you'll be <laughs> listening to me soon. And uh, so... But yeah, it's, um, I think what this all boils down to is for the first time ever, ever, Gen Z and younger have thoughts of their growing minds. Because mm-hmm. think about us at 18 years old. My God, if I had a microphone, who knows what <laughs> I'd be saying. They have the widest platform in the world and the reason that we're living in the social media internet world and reality, we are truly living in both worlds. Mm-hmm. They are real mm-hmm. in both worlds. Mm-hmm. And then you have different groups of generations that are so different. Yeah. And it never was like that. Because if you and I right now, there was no social media, we didn't leave home or we did move and we went somewhere else and lived, we don't know what 12-year-olds to 19 year olds are doing Mm -hmm. they're getting together doing things with their clothes listening to this music having all these ideas but all we know is our two nephews who would be 14 and then we would judge all 14 year olds off of the 14 year old nephews who grew up in the same town we did on tiktok i am watching 19 year olds i'm watching 87 year olds from all over the world with different backgrounds and stories share their opinions and I feel like people who aren't in the social media world are still holding on to this old world and it's going away fast and before you know it people are going to blink and go we're just living in this world Mm -hmm. and everything in this this fake world is becoming more real Mm -hmm. and that is why even something like NFTs sounds ridiculous Mm -hmm. but it's going to become the yeah. new normal. And just a little quick thing on NFT, they stand for non-fungible tokens, where people are creating um, these digital art or digital passes or digital, it's a digital item mm-hmm. that is not tangible, non-fungible mm-hmm. token that people are paying tons of money for to own like a piece of art, like the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. So like Jack Dorsey, the, the CEO of Twitter, 
um, or the creator of Twitter, he made his very first tweet from 2006 into a NFT. Hmm. And people are bidding on owning the rights to that photo. And it's up to $2.5 million. That's so crazy. So people are making non-fungible tokens. And it's like, well, why would anyone pay that? Because in the future, we're moving more and more into our phones. Mm-hmm. And what you own digitally is going to be the new flex. Because I remember as a kid wanting a Maserati or a Ferrari or a Lamborghini because that was the, the token right. that you wanted to show success. Yeah, We don't even go anywhere. Why would I waste yeah. money on that? But if I could have a non-fungible token that everyone's like, that's a Michael Jordan rookie card that you own. That's a first edition Charizard Pokemon card. It's all the same. You own the Mona Lisa. Wow, someone's sophisticated. So is NFT more so like big picture for the VR world? Yes, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be from what I heard. I, I'm I'm hearing pieces of it from like all the like from Logan Paul yeah. and Gary Vaynerchuk, like people who are in the field. Um, but essentially, Gary Vee was explaining it that. Back in the day, people would come over to your house Mm -hmm. and you would spend money on your house, not only to feel good, but to show off. Look at this couch. Look at this Rolex. Look at that painting. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Is that real? He had to have spent $2 million on that. It's a $2 million painting. Oh my God. He's got Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves in a case upstairs. Oh my God. Status. Yeah. But we're going to start building digital worlds. So people are going to be able to put on your VR, come into your VR house and they're going to see your non-fungible token hanging on the wall that this new digital artist, and they're like, you're the one that has it. Can you imagine what's going to happen when they start selling real estate in VR? Like 20 years, if you go into your VR world. There's going to be people who develop it. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're doing that now. We're paying people to build us a website Uh for people to go to. Yeah. If you and I were going to build the Freddie and Alyssa app and we took, we, we got rid of all the other apps, and if you want to come into our world, you download the Freddie and Alyssa app, we would pay someone $20,000 to build us an app to upload videos, to have banners and colors and messages. and ser- Like we, we're already paying people to build applications. But once we start living more in the world, we're going to be building virtual reality. And then here's mm-hmm. my favorite part. So I keep hearing about these season passes. So for instance, um, they were saying like, Something like Gary was saying, Chipotle could come out with an NFT of the golden burrito. And for a limited time, you can go and buy a golden burrito NFT. Say it's $1,000, but there's a limit. So there's only 1,000 golden burrito NFTs and only 1,000 people can buy them. The first 1,000 to pay $1,000 and has that golden burrito, when they go to Chipotle for the rest of their life and they have the golden burrito NFT, they get free Chipotle for life. Because they just paid a thousand dollars. I know, but but it's all about status. So okay, let me take let me let me change it then to ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. You get free Chipotle for life. Got it. So they use that NFT, they have they have it's ten dollars, but they get free Chipotle for life. Then all of a sudden they go, I no longer like Chipotle. They can sell that NFT Mm. and someone might go, Oh my god, one of the thousand people with the golden burrito is selling it, and then there's a bidding war. It's no longer ten dollars. It now gets it's... sold for ten thousand dollars. Interesting. Okay. Now that's a crazy example, but for us, like, or even Gary Vaynerchuk, he's going to create NFTs that are going to give um, a front row VIP access for life to any keynote speech that he does. Hmm. So if you and I bid and win that for five grand, 
we go front row to Gary V for the next seven years. Then Gary, v, then we're like, you know what? We're kind of over this. We're not going to go to Gary anymore. And then we sell because there's a limited amount. We sell that NFT to someone else who might buy that pass from us for a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. So the NFT is an investment. So when you and I start doing tours and we start going places in like five years to eight years, like once we're big enough, um, we could sell a limited edition 50 NFTs and any of the, the limited 50, whoever buys the 50 NFTs can come to any event we have anywhere in the country for free. And they pay say a hundred bucks or a thousand, whatever they'd be worth. But then say when we're 52 years old and we have like people are lining up to come see us and the original 50 have those, that, that hundred dollar NFT might be going for $500,000 and that person is going to be able to sell that and make money. And then they no longer have access, but that new person has access. And this is all done on the blockchain. This is some black mirror stuff. It's here. It's <laughs> crazy. I mean, it's actually here. Like we can go buy NFTs. Well, yeah. We can create NFTs. I heard that NFTs are all um, run by the blockchain. Bitcoin Ethereum. Apes. Ethereum. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's through Ethereum. So, yeah, it, it's... Which I don't, they can manipulate the whole market to make people think NFTs are important. Everyone invests. And they're like, just kidding. But good. I mean, I think the whole entire Bitcoin, that's the, the point that's against it. It's, it's the, the actual dollar is more manipulated, more able to be manipulated than uh, the blockchain. Could be. Or Bitcoin in general. Because we're just putting value on it. It's true. So, it, and it's just scarcity. That's the whole entire brand of Supreme was like that. Mm-hmm. Google Supreme, if you don't know what Supreme is, Supreme was, is a, it was sold for a billion dollars, I think. And they built the brand that if you had something Supreme, it was a collector's item because this Nike shirt, they made a billion of them. Right. There's nothing valuable about this. But with Supreme, they only made a limited edition. Yep. Like if we stopped selling the Freddie and Alyssa Show t-shirts and we said there's just one day left and we never sold them again. Anyone who has our original Freddie and Lisa t-shirt, it's a collector's item because no one else can have them. Our pivot principle book. Mm -hmm. Those people who have those, no one else will ever have that. And that could be worth something in the future if we keep growing. That's the, which you know we will. You know what's interesting about the NFT stuff? Because I remember seeing the very first NFTs made. It was all those really small little portraits of how many they call them like zombies. Like say, yeah. say there's like 80 of them. They're all original. When you think back to why art is so valuable today from like a long, long time ago, it's because it was one of a kind. That's what NFT is trying to recreate, but in a digital world. Yeah, everything's one being of a created kind digitally. Paintings. Like Mona Lisa, why is that so important and but, so valuable? But people made that up, right? Yeah, like that's what's, what I'm saying. It's no different. Just different generations. Like it's different if there was an actual like genie's lamp. Right. That a genie came out and gave you wishes. That's obviously valuable. Yeah. But like a random painting, well, like yeah, how did up. the Mona Lisa become the prime thing? Like why? Well, I think as the years passed and passed and passed and passed, and you hear a lot of time when it comes to artists, whether it was based on books or paintings or even songs, they were found years later and made famous years later, like when they weren't even here. Yeah. Can you imagine if like our YouTube videos were found in 300 years and we were just the most famous in the world? After we're dead? Yeah. 
fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. We're looking down going, we're so glad you guys are enjoying it. We were patient. <laughs> but that happens to people. It really does, especially like creators, just you, in any aspect. There's just a social, I don't know what it is with the hierarchy of human beings, but there is something about status, power, that people, like that's why you're glued to the Kardashians. Well, I hate the Kardashians. Well. But you're curious. But people are glued to these high status symbols. And that's like, even if, like as soon as a celebrity wears something of yours, it instantly becomes cool. So if you can create a brand and we call it, you know, the fast brand, and Lil Wayne is wearing it, and, and, and it's like all over the pop. People are like, where'd he get this? Where'd he get this? And we're like, there's only 300 shirts. Those shirts would automatically, because if Lil Wayne has it, it must be cool. Or if Beyonce has it, or, or Kim Kardashian has it. It's, there's something about status, celebrity, popularity. And Gary even brought up too, the blue check mark on Instagram is technically an NFT. Of course it is. In the, in the sense that it is not real. Mm -hmm. It is not real, yep. but holds so much value because there's a limited amount. Yeah. To get a blue check mark is a limited amount. The blue check mark on Insta, as silly as this sounds, is the equivalent of back in the day of having on like a suit or having a car sure. or having a flat screen TV when they first came out or driving a Lamborghini or having a Rolex or having the like whatever the the status symbol is, yep. having a blue check mark is a limited amount of people who have it. Mm -hmm. And you have to accomplish a certain amount of something in order for that blue check mark to count. So therefore, there's a status. And then amongst the, the status of it, a blue check mark means something digitally. When people write you with the blue check mark, it is different than with not. Yep. And it's not judging. It's just what it is. Yeah. So the digital NFT world is, is Gary explained it perfectly, where I finally understood. Where I go, oh, yeah interesting it means nothing but yet means everything it's not tangible but he, and then people say well can't you just take a picture and rip it off it's like yes but you can take a picture and make a fake mona lisa but it's not real hmm. so that's the other thing and then kings of leon um released their album as an nft what do you mean they sold it for i think millions of dollars they released their new album so only one person has it the original they own it but everyone can download it and listen to it that doesn't make sense to me. But they have it. You know, really quick, just to circle back on everything that you were saying, just status power of now with the social media world. It's so interesting that all of these creators, people on reality shows, actors, singers, whatever it is you do, they have these platforms for, so that brands can say, hey, Polly D, I think you look so cool. I want you to wear my jacket. And then he pays Polly D to wear the jacket. And then all of his fans go, oh, my God, I got to be like Polly D because he's cool. He has status power. I want that jacket. And that's what happens because I was watching Floribama Shore um, that just came back. And they're on, like, what, their fourth season now. And they all, because of social media, have built followings because of their show. So now they're making money because they were showing all of their lives um, before going to, like, the summer house. They all have nice cars now. They all have nice homes. They're all starting to get paid. Now, if this was 15 years ago, it might have taken longer. Like, I don't think Jersey Shore started making money until way until the seasons. Mm -hmm. And they were the first kind of generation to start on the MySpace and then go into 
social media. Now they have millions of followers and they're killing it. But it's just really funny to watch people who are given the platform nowadays and they've been in a couple seasons and now because of social media, they've all built huge brands on there. Yep. Which they're getting paid, which is like making them more successful and more filled with power and status and all of the above. It was just very full circle and very interesting to see. Yeah, the whole shift is coming of, um, you know, and, and it's really interesting how, how social media influencers get a bad rap, and I think I figured out why. Someone who's a doctor has high status, mm-hmm. but someone like myself goes, I would love the high status. I think it's cool to help people. I think it's cool to be, I'm Dr. Freddie Smith, like, ooh, mm-hmm. you make a lot of money, but you're like, oh my God, it's like a $400,000 investment. It takes 13 years of school. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not good with blood. And like, ah, uh, like, never mind. So you're, you're kind of, no one gives beef to doctors. Right. You look up to lawyers, doctors, you're like, wow, status symbol. Mm-hmm. There's status symbols and in influencing as well. But I think the reason that a lot of people hate on it is because anyone can do it mm-hmm. if they wanted to. And it's a reflection on someone who, because the people who don't care don't get upset about the influencer. I think people who don't like influencers deep down wish they could be. And they have the same, they don't have to go 13 years and 400,000 to post on social media and try to make it. Right. Same thing with acting. A lot of people don't talk, like when I talk about acting, people really love it because in their minds they go deep down, they're like, I want to be an actor or I would like that. It's cool. But like, I could never leave my home. I'm never going to move out to LA and do that. Like all the auditions, like, ah, nah. But with social media, again, people are like, oh, I have a shot at it. Mm -hmm. And it's a reflection of like if they really wanted to. Because that's how you can really pinpoint where people are in in their lives. Is that if you're you're upset or or triggered or something is said, it's it's like like I told you before, if someone said all actors are stupid, if I really thought I was stupid, I would fire back and go, really? All actors are stupid? Hmm. That's really blah, 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 because it hmm. touched something. If yeah. someone said all actors are stupid or all soap actors are stupid, I would just go, okay. Yeah, you're not affected. Because it's not real. Like, yeah. I don't personally deep down believe that, so I'm not affected by it. But if someone were to say, oh, yeah, okay, fatso, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm going to act like it doesn't hurt. But yeah, I don't have, I have a little belly. Um, so maybe you shouldn't fat shame me. How about that? <laughs> keyboard warrior <laughs> but it's it's it like it touches your insecurity of course. and and there's there's just um i i don't know where i don't know where to place um because because the more the more that i that i watch movies the more that i'm plugged into tiktok and instagram and youtube and everything it just seems like a mess mm-hmm. it seems like a a a water park a theme park prior pandemic but people are running around and hopped up on stuff it yeah. just seems like when you open up an app it's just like everywhere and i'm like where do we fit in of like what do we really talk about what do we leave off the table what do we touch on yeah. and then there's things changing so fast that i feel like everyone's then backtracking where we're now saying nfts are great and then in 6 weeks mm-hmm you hear that something goes down and then you're like, oh my God, we were promoting that. And then we're like, hey everyone. So we didn't know six weeks ago, but this is, or these days too, 
you have to double check everything because everything is ex- is falling know. apart and it's good that, that real like predators should be exposed yes. but it is so interesting that when i share stories now you literally have to google the person to make sure that they're yeah. not headline news where you go i just promoted somebody and saying how awesome they were or even someone else that we knew i don't want to bring him up again well really quick too even for me i remember i was talking about firefly lane on instagram stories because we were watching it it's the show with yeah. Catherine heigl and i accidentally wrote firefly um and then I, I remember hearing there was a show called Firefly. The creator of Buffy, Joss Whedon, had created it. And I always wanted to see it. And I was about to write that. And then I go, let me just look Joss Whedon up. And write literally, I'm not even kidding you, at that time when I was about to write that, he was in the news for just like being really cruel to actresses and all, just all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, good thing I didn't say that. Like, just there's so much coming out, and you just never know. Well, and then also, too, though, because if you just said, oh, my God, I love this, and people go, Josh Sweden is just all over the news. Did you not check your feed before posting this? You're like, it had nothing to relate with. But if you're big enough or a mob comes after you, and then all of a sudden they're like (laughs) – TikTok influencer, Instagram influencer, Alyssa Tabit um, supports Josh Sweden's actions. You're like, I was talking, I didn't know this yet. And then all Huffington Post, all these people pick it up and then you can never get on. So even if they didn't cancel you, you could never get on social media and and get to all the people that had Mm, already spread. That's true. Because even with me, I remember there were times that, and this gave me perspective, I left the show February 13th of 2020. I came out with a video, got a lot of views. I was like, a lot of people know this, my followers, like fans, Mm -hmm. supporters. I was like, oh, still in August, after six months of me on social media all the time being like, yeah, I'm done, but we're doing a recap. I'm done, but we're doing, like, I felt like people were aware. And I would be on a live six months later going, yeah, and then, you know, Sonny's last day is September 1st. I'm looking forward to, like, seeing how it turned out. And people are like, wait, Sonny's off the show? Hmm. Sonny, Sonny's off the show? Or because I do lives a lot. new people Because there are new in. people. Yeah. So if you do say something and it's taken out of context, you as a person, even as big as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, can never reach the 100 million people all around the world Mm -hmm. that happened to look at one feed at one time and saw one thing about you, they now think that about you and they will not see your one live that you do on a Saturday at two o'clock that that, uh, addresses that. Yeah. So the the more you start seeing about people and you hear their story, you're like, wait a minute, this was taken all out of context Mm -hmm. because you actually go to the, the video, but then people clip the video. Hmm. where you just say, you know, um, like, you know, hey, I'm going to come out and I, and I was going to say that I'm not sorry. And then I realized how wrong I was and I want to truly apologize. Where someone will take the clip that goes, I am not sorry. And then they'll post that and go, Freddie Smith says he is not sorry after blah, 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 comments goes out. People are like, he didn't even apologize. I'm like, no, I was going to say that I was not sorry but then after reading all the comments, I realized I was wrong and now I'm doing my – they'll take that clip. And so there's false information going around. Yep. It's a mess. You haven't seen the deep fake Tom Cruise yet. Uh-uh. So that's going to be when everything completely goes to a new level of just insanity because people and artificial intelligence are now creating deep fakes. I want you to go to YouTube, everyone after this video, and type in Tom Cruise deep fake. They can gener they can generate and take you you do not know it's not really Tom Cruise. 
Is it another person with Tom Cruise's face on him? Yes, but his voice and man, like you, you won't know it's not Tom Cruise. Because there's this girl on TikTok who is very, very famous now because she looks like Charlie D'Amelio, who's the darling of TikTok. Yeah. And basically, someone unveiled this. They go, no, she's using deep fakes to look like her because he w- went to every single video and goes, do you see how her face moves up or just all these different details? So everyone started looking and the girl started deleting all those videos that he called out. So she doesn't really look like Charlie. She's using a deep fake to look like her. And that's probably like low, like, and I don't know how advanced that is, but the fact that we can put on a filter right now that gets rid of your beard, that gives you a beard, it's a little like animated. Or that smooths your, your skin, skin out or makes your nose, like there are literal filters I'll look at on Instagram and it makes my lips way bigger, your eyes bigger, it gives you makeup. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So... You can see that in the future, it's going to be, you're going to be able to basically create whatever you want to look like. You're going to be living inside this virtual world and it's going to be here faster than we think. Crazy. We still can't fathom it because change happens so slowly, but we're already doing it. Yeah. You're already doing the, 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 you see this all the time where people, it's just the angle. It's the lighting. Mm -hmm. It's the lighting. Mm -hmm. I look better when I have natural light hitting my face, yeah. then if you have this, or if you're down here, people always make, like my, my parents' generation, yeah. anytime you FaceTime, because <laughs> they, go, they go for comfort. Yeah. It's more comfortable to hold your phone down here, but it's a shot under your chin. I'm always like, hello. And I'm up here <laughs> because you have a better neckline. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I used to work um, and do like bed scenes, and afterwards when you're laying in bed, it's the worst. You um. feel so uncomfortable because you're sitting like this, and you have and you're a double chin. And you to like lift that, deliver your lines, sit in a good But if way. you're like, like if you know, if you're like this, it's less attractive. If you're up, you mm, look way better. You look so handsome. So people are already creating fake environments. They're, um, they're, they're, you know, so. What a time to be alive, friends. So I don't really know where it's going to, I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Like, I don't know the repercussions, the good and bad consequences we'll of where it's out. going. We'll see. Take it a day at a time. All you can do is enjoy this moment right now. And if, well, this is all we have, yeah. and we have to appreciate like yeah. where we're at now. But um, I think it'll be cool. Like twenty years, well, I'm really curious. But to you got to you got to think about if somebody was telling us in the future about 2015 to 2020, you're gonna say, yeah, this technology hit mainstream, and everyone was able to have a voice for the first time in gatekeepers were no longer relevant and you could create your own music and have your own voice and you got to do what you wanted to do and you could share ideas and find friends and there's all that amazing yeah. stuff and then watch TV from your, and then you're doing all this stuff, it's amazing, and then filters to make yourself look better and get rid of that little blemish and like, oh my God, it's amazing. And then you can also pitch it as it was terrible. People were fighting and yelling at each other and canceling and getting people fired and then it was exp- like it was like all like exposing all that well exposing stuff is good when people are actually doing bad things. Yeah. But there's just yet again, it's but amazingly awesome and amazingly terrifying at the same time. And people are being so super depressed. I know, and one last thing I'll say, because I know we do have to wrap up, but this just reminded me of a Black Mirror episode that I watched where basically this guy is married, he has a kid, and he's just not that happy with life. And then 
he goes into like VR world and it's there that he has a character that he's in love with and he ends up starting to choose this VR world over his real life because this is more exciting. He's a different character. He looks different, acts different, is in love over in this VR world. And then in real life, like he's, he's happy, but he, there's such thrill and excitement in the VR life. And so that's what the whole episode's obviously about the pros, the cons. Oh my gosh, what's happening? And We'll see that eventually. Well, then I also saw someone say, instead of making filters to make yourself appear to be the person you want to be, why don't you take actions in your real life to improve yourself so you are the person without filters that you want to be? Well, because that comes with the way you look. It comes with aging. That comes with, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if when I'm 60 and I want to look like I did at 25, yeah, my body, I can still work out, but your skin changes your face changes, you get wrinkles. Yeah, it, it just, it's different. When I'm 60, I'm never going to be able to look like I did at 25. But that's on aging gracefully and being lucky to be alive, you know, and to see those different things. But it's just different. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, people who use filters to put makeup on and have hair and smooth their skin, it's not always that easy. No, I feel yeah, And it's going to be really interesting to see, too, if, if people can truly eventually um choose to create how they look um in general like like there's there's been movies about it or i'm not saying you just make yourself look like a a filter is but like literally change like i could be a a six foot two blonde woman in the vr world but i'm I'm saying what is the i wonder what the evolution of relationships are going to be where people aren't judging people based on how they look yeah. That imagine you're in a VR world and you're talking to somebody and you hear their voice or maybe their voice has even changed or who knows, but you're intellectually connecting with somebody or falling in love with somebody. But yeah. it's not what you got but it's you don't really look like that in real life, but you're actually in love. Yeah. with each other's which what actually which matters. matters. Yeah. Cuz I think that's what happens even with like us when I like when we first got together when you're like, I love you, it's like you love as much as you can about what you know of the person, but you're in love with the lust and the physical sure. portion of it. And and as much, like even the smells and the touch, like everything, and the year you're together, you love the things you've learned. Yeah. Once you go through life, the love between us is so deeper and so different mm-hmm. because of the intellectual portion on top of everything else the deep conversation, the deep knowing of each other. Like the love goes deeper, the protection I feel of you, mm-hmm. of somebody like trying to like mess with you in public because of who you are as a person. Yep. Intellectually yeah. and inside more than what you fell in love with at the beginning. Hmm. So what is the true love and the true protection? Because I would still fight for you at the bar when we were just together for a All year. Right. But it means something so much more now. Like there I would have fought and done everything. Like now I would like I would go in knowing I would die if I had to to protect you. <laughs> but that's how deep the love has gotten on an intellectual level. Yeah. But in the real world, a lot of the times but that happens at the workplace. There's times that you meet someone and you're like, Oh, this person's not my type at all. I'm not physically attracted. But then you start to get to know them. Yeah. And day by day, a year goes by, two years go by, you become best friends. Now you yeah. start seeing things like I never realized how beautiful though your eyes were. And then you start yeah. falling in love and then you start becoming attracted to each other yeah. later. 
And sometimes that's even better because you sometimes might ignore the intellectual disconnects with someone because you're so in love with how they look that you ignore that they're like not what you're looking for here, but you're like, oh my God. (laughs) So it's just going to be, yeah. You know, there was this quote I saw and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it was basically saying, um, we weren't born to criticize ourselves. We were taught to criticize ourselves about those things. It wasn't exactly that, but meaning, say for me, it's, I, I wasn't born to go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I want a more contoured face. I was taught to think that like, ooh, I should contour that. That looks better. Like we, we weren't born thinking these things. We were taught. Or, oh, I shouldn't have hair on my upper lip. Or, oh, I shouldn't have that waistline or whatever it is. But yeah, these are all, this is the day and age that everyone's trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. And at what point do you look at what is, what is the, what is natural that people are doing or what has been put into our minds socially? Um, And at what point is all of this worth diving into and at what point do we just let people live their lives yeah that's the other thing a lot of people yet again are telling people what to do and i think that's the mistake if i like if i was on here and saying i think it's wrong for women to be attracted to powerful men if you're a woman attracted to powerful men that is wrong it's like why don't who cares just stay in your or, lane and i don't i don't life. need a powerful man i like it's like i i don't care yeah whatever you want to do it, it's like but th- there's there's it, it's just that's what everyone's talking about these mm-hmm. days is we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Who is everyone? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? And that's becoming a lot more, um, you know, an open dialogue yeah. because we can talk to people yeah. endlessly. Yeah. And people are trying to figure out what happens after we die. Why are we here? What's our purpose? What's our meaning? And things are also changing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our purpose and meaning is because things are so fast now. It's very interesting times we're living in. I'll tell you that much. And also, too, last thing, because I know we've talked a while today. (laughs) It makes me wonder when we have a kid how we're literally going to have a child in, say, 2023 and have literally no clue whatsoever what 2043 is going to be and what it'll be like for a 20-year-old in 2043. I know. In, in 1970, 1960, 1980, 1988, yeah. my parents knew yeah. that I was going to... They didn't know you'd have internet and social no, media but, and content creation. They had no. no idea you'd be doing what you're doing right now. It wasn't real. They, they don't, but, but they knew that I was going to go to high school, potentially college. That was still like the norm. You it get a job, you work be. 40 hours, you, you know, barbecue, football, like... That was like the thing, and especially in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like you kind of knew. I have no idea. I'm still sticking by that. They will never have to get a driver's license in 15 years. They might want to, though. They might want to, but there's going to be zero necessity for that. There is no way. There might not be necessity, but I think it's going to be a freedom thing of, oh, I want to do it. Maybe like like horses now? <laughs> Like some people ride horses or <laughs> unicycles. Yeah, but I mean, that's not really practical. I'm not going to hop on a horse to get to the grocery store. <laughs> you don't have to worry about parking. 
I got to get a stable for my horse. Is it going to hang out out front? Yeah, they, they should have next to the electric pumps. <laughs> God. They have horse stables. Oh my gosh, here we no go. No gas. No gas. It's great. No, I, I there's there's going to be no way that they'll ever need to learn to drive. We'll see. In 15 years. We'll see. There's no way. Come back to this podcast. There is no way. Years. There's no way. Freddie Smith said it here first. There's already going to be autonomous Uber in a year or two in big cities. In big 10 cities. years, it'll be autonomous everywhere. And there's going to be no way is going to want to go, let me learn how to drive this dangerous vehicle when computers are doing it better. And why would I want to go spend 40 minutes in a car, like doing what? Paying attention to driving when I can get into my steering wheel list and pedalless pod put on my VR and go hang out with my friends until the car gets me there and then I as get out. As long as it's truly safe and they don't have any crazy they won't. malfunctions like they, they won't. did. What was that one Amazon TV show we watched where the guy died from a malfunctioned um, car and then he went to like the ch- it was like Well, cuz I think it was um was it was show. altered though. It was a good show though. I was, right, upload. Was upload. There we go. Yeah, no you're you're not going to need you're not going to it's 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 a time saver people go oh, i like yeah. driving it's like well you like driving as an activity yeah just like i like you know shopping but if i don't have to go spend an hour and a half at the mall and i can just get my package in an hour that's awesome yeah so driving that's why rich people or people who are very busy have drivers because they cannot use their mental energy mm-hmm. and or their time for two hours in a car they're in the back seat working on their paperwork, working on this stuff, like they cannot pause their life for 40 minutes to drive. But because technology, everyone, no matter where you are in that, in the financial portion, Mm -hmm. your time is what's going to be valuable. So you, unless you like driving, unless you like cooking, unless you like riding horses, unless you want to drive a cool car, that's going to be more of a hobby than what it is now as a necessity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be straight up autonomous. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, so, anywho, <laughs> let's get started. Um, <laughs> welcome, everyone, to the... No, I'm going to have to pre-record one, yeah, and we'll, we'll put it at the that. beginning. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. We're wishing you the best um, week ever. My parents are getting here next Tuesday, yes. so I'm going to be doing a lot of cleaning, and I, I can't wait for them to be here. And then our, our friend Lauren Bravarnik is going to be on um, on the, the following week. Wednesday, so I'm going to work on editing that, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It was a really fun, fun episode. So wishing you the best week ever, and uh, we will talk to you soon.